0: the pan but on they go. Somerville in! The white shirts wheel away in the enemy's backyard.
1: Ball in Rashford, yes, oh yes, Marcus Rashford,
0: unstoppable in the form of his life, and he scored again. Wild scene to that. Rose Garnacho, here he goes. Garnacho, brilliant, that seals it. Garnacho with a great finish and he runs over to those Manchester United fans. Surely it's going to be three points now and Ellen Rose. Manchester United ending this game in style, they lead 2-0.
1: We are Manchester United against Leeds United, a double header Wednesday to Sunday, 2-2 at Old Trafford, 2-0 Reds at Elland Road. Hard fought, hard won. A Marcus Rashford header and a great critic-defying Alejandro Garnacho finish. A very warm welcome to the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. Full steam ahead, Barcelona. If you want football's finest fruit, grow your own. Marcus Rashford and Alejandro Garnacho win it for United at Elland Road. Intense, scrappy, loose, whatever you want to call it. Maybe massive, maybe as sweet as it gets. Brilliant, wasn't it, Jack?
0: Yeah, I mean, for 80 minutes, it was pretty awful. But that was... It was one of the sweetest mo- moments and feelings, I think, of the season. And there's been quite a few, yeah. in fairness. But Rashford and Garnacho lifting us to victory, it felt... I was so jealous <laughs> of everyone in, in the United away end because there must have been some feeling when those yeah, two goals went Yeah, the
1: pain. It was quite a horrendous watching experience for 80 minutes. An exhausting experience, really. And that is what makes it all the sweeter. And those games, are they're, I, they're really unique, I think, in, in the Premier League in that every time. There was that one boring 0-0 two years ago, wasn't there? But pretty much every time they deliver something uniquely brilliant in their kind of end-to-end nature and it doesn't matter if one of the teams is in bad form or good form which is, is something people always used to say about derbies but I don't think is is quite so true anymore but this one you get just the, the nature of the two teams and the quality of the players within those teams you get this brilliant to watch end-to-end uh, as a neutral and brilliant memories as a fan if your team wins but it's oh god it's, it's a painful painful 90 minutes to watch in what we knew would be a hard game but that United put in, I think, probably our worst performance for many weeks and won in one of our hardest away games of the season. Well, it's it's massive and, and we can forget league position because we're recording as Manchester City players to Villa. They're one goal up very early on. I expect they'll win that game and, and leapfrog United back into second. But the relevance is in winning a key game like this and making up for the, the drop points on Wednesday night.
0: Yeah, ultimately... You know, four points in those two games is maybe slightly disappointing, but I think given how badly we played for the majority of those two games, you come out of this week feeling actually quite good about where United are, especially given... Yeah, yeah given no the Casemiro- injuries. Yeah, exactly. Injuries piling up. I mean, it was it was two games where I think Leeds actually did really well for the majority of both games, holding us back, really unable to progress the ball anywhere through midfield. But I think in both games, in the, both in the comeback in the first game and then obviously the the two goals at the end of the away game, the quality that United have in a lot of different positions and a lot of different players in attack really shone through in the end. It was, to be honest, these two games were a little bit of a throwback to the Solskjaer era because it yeah. felt like quite disjointed United performances, but being bailed out by some moments of, of individual brilliance. And, you know, you need those You need those games. The The problem under Solskjaer was that that was all that we had. That isn't the case anymore under Ten Hag, but you know, when you have these great players and you expect them to show up in big moments and the likes of, you know, Shaw for the assist, Rashford and Garnacho with the goals absolutely did that.
1: Yeah, but I think that Ten Hag deserves some credit because the two goals in this game and in the, in the Wednesday game, which we'll talk more exclusively about a bit later, but yeah, all four goals were based on some clever tactical tweaks that, yeah. that changed things from what, what they were at the start of the game because we knew this was going to be a very hard game. Even a good performance at Leeds it still only earns you a hard-fought win and we rolled out those really difficult sections and And you know that they're not going to be able to maintain it for the whole 90 minutes at, at the intensity that they play at. Sometimes they did on the Bielsa but not at the moment. We held it out and then those couple of tweaks came at the end to stretch what had become a very, very compact defence that was keeping us out pretty well. Rashford's move from the left wing into the middle, Bruno onto the right, Garnaccio came on the left rather than onto the right wing. And then Veghorst, interestingly, kind of dropped back deep to, to pull those compact lines apart. And you're right. It was absolutely a few moments of quality, five of them, probably Savitz's pings ball across, Shaw's Lovely cross to Rashford with with very little space in which to play the ball. Rashford's head is brilliant, and then Velkos ball to Garnacho and Garnacho's finished five moments of quality and and, and three points, and that was that. But I, it does represent some clever tweaks later on, and, and Tenaga and the players as well for enacting it both deserve credit for that. It was great.
0: And United now have eight goals scored by subs in the Premier League this season, which is the most of any team. We're well, already the most of any team before this game. Garnacho obviously came on and added to that. I think Ten Hag deserves a lot of credit for, especially the, this second game, the way he changed things. Because, and we've mentioned this before, that to some degree Ten Hag has has sort of developed this kind of track record so far at United of playing players out of position to some degree. Especially later on in games after we made some yeah. subs. You bring Garnaccio on for Sancho in this game, it seems you know, absolutely obvious that Vecor stays up front and it's just basically the straight swap Garnaccio for Sancho and the only decision is whether Garnacho or Rashford is going to play on the right. The fact that he then ends up moving every single one of those front four around to put Garnacho on the left, Vecor's at 10, Bruno on the right and Rashford up front, you know, it seems a little bit strange at first, but I think, like you mentioned, it, it made a lot of sense for this game. It leads The, the game was basically being played in like a 30-yard area yeah. for the majority of that second half. You know, Leeds were making the game so, so tight. And Vercos' game isn't to run in behind, it isn't to to stretch teams like that. And so he had no space really to receive the ball. And to be fair, United weren't doing a good enough job of putting runners beyond Vercourse. You know, the idea of having a strike like that is you get players like Rashford and Sancho making runs in behind, and we weren't really doing that. So you then change the game, put Garnacho in what is by far his best position after seeing that playing him on the right wasn't very effective in the first game at home. You know, you then move Rashford up front, who can stretch the defense a little bit more. That creates more space for vehicles to operate. And then you know the quality that Fernandez can provide if he can get pick up the ball in little pockets of space, even if he is coming in off the right-hand side. So I think Ten Hag deserves a lot of credit for not only making proactive substitutions, but also not doing the obvious thing all the time. And he, he does create a little bit of confusion. There was some confusion with the starting lineup today and even and with the subs, but I think you have to give him a lot of credit that every decision that he makes has very clear reasoning and very clear plans behind it.
1: Yeah. And we've criticised his subs or, or often lack thereof and their lateness has been probably the, the main, if only yeah. criticism yeah, of, of his management so far. I'm ca- I, I can't remember the specific examples, but there's been the cu- a the the couple that come to mind times. Is-
0: City at home and Arsenal away recently.
1: And Palace away probably as well.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, there's three right off the bat. And I'm sure there were some before the World Cup, which seems an absolute lifetime away at the moment. And on that note, so, so he deserves the credit. On that note, most goals scored in Europe's major leagues since the World Cup. Marcus Rashford 13. The next highest is Wissam Ben Yedder with nine. Now, that may be because United have probably played more games than anyone in the world since the World Cup. It's been a ridiculous. But 13 goals in 15 appearances is, is brilliant. And and it's worth focusing on that. Is that his third header of the season? I think it is. It's at least three. I think it, it is, in, yeah. There may be one West more that Dan I've forgotten.
0: And the two Leeds games? I
1: think so, yeah. It's some cross with very little space, from sure. And it's just the perfect header in. And a top, top celebration afterwards as well. The, there are just, there are a few better moments than winning at Ellen Road unfortunately we, we're doing it pretty much every year at the moment so <laughs> they're, they're, they're such painful games to watch isn't it so you'd be in, in one sense you'd be absolutely delighted to see them go down um, one of many reasons um, but also they are, they well, are I think I saw win.
0: I think I saw it as well it's the first time in history United have won back-to-back league games at Ellen Road is it? yeah I think so, yeah, which really shocked me actually. But it's in the early 2000s, we didn't have the best record against Leeds. That team was, uh, had a lot of really good players in it.
1: Well, it's the. I mean, they always play like this against United. It is, it's their cup final and it, it shows exactly in the, the intensity and the energy they have. And, and we didn't cope with that in the, in the game on Wednesday. In, in the end, the, the fact we came back was down to, to moments of quality rather than, and we did pick up the intensity, but we still didn't match them for, for the energy that they gave. And that, that was poor. And that was a real disappointment as well, given given that the, how important intensity and energy has been to our progress this season. With the first off with the game against Liverpool, then Arsenal back in September in August and September, and then and then recently against City and, and so on and so on. The fact that we didn't really show up in especially in the start of both halves in the first game was a, a real disappointment. We did hear it was very very scrappy, very scrappy, but we did. We did match them at least. Before we move on to the kind of that sloppiness and and less and more negative thing, Garnacho's goal to to wrap it up in a week where he'd got loads of criticism, completely unjustified for the the midweek game. I I was shocked to read it coming out after the game. Uh, he it wasn't his best performance, but it was wasn't so bad. Uh, a certain. Prominent, so-called United fan had given plenty of criticism, and and to me, Gunner feels like one of those footballers who thrives off proving people wrong. Ronaldo obviously had that in in bucket loads, and uh, using the the booze and the hard tackles as fuel for for him to do more. I think Garnacho definitely has that and he showed it with a, a top finish and it's, it's great for him. And I love Ten Hag's celebrate kind of, not that Garnaccio would have been paying attention at all while he was running over and sprinting towards United away fans, but Ten Hag kind of looking at him and with that kind of proud dad smile was lovely.
0: Yeah, I mean, Garnacho's celebration as well, I think referenced a little bit of how much noise there had been in the last few days about his performances. I, I was really shocked, like you were, about some of the criticism that came his way after the the, the game at home on Wednesday. I I mean, I didn't think Garnaccio was great, but I didn't think he was particularly terrible, any more, sort of any worse than other players on the pitch. United as a whole just didn't put in a great performance. It was the first time he's ever played on the right-hand side for United. And and so it was just a bit of a struggle for him. And I don't think that's anything to I don't think there's anything too like, sort of worrisome or even un- unsurprising for a, you an 18-, 19-year-old player still in his first season of senior football, really. He's going to have games like this, no matter where on the pitch he's playing. But it's the way that you respond and the way you come back from it. And I think that's what we've seen from Garnaccio a lot in this first season and in the first team is that he hasn't been great every single time he plays. And you don't expect that from anyone of, of his age and experience level. But what you expect is that whenever the, the difficult games come, they respond in the right way, and even in, in within those games that they kind of stay in the game and still are offering, you know, whatever they need to. And Garnaccio has popped up with goals that have changed games, even in, tie, in, even in matches where he hasn't been at his best. I didn't think his cameo was that great today before his goal, but he gets the opportunity, he makes a great run and a, and a brilliant finish at the near post. That What more can you ask for for a player yeah, like you can add.
1: You can add the other things later. Yeah. To be doing this at 18 is... Uh, <laughs> if you think about the three... Moments. Yes, this wasn't literally the match-winning goal, but one nil. That that game continues to yeah. be horrible, and there, there's a strong chance Leeds would would find an equaliser. So this one, not the main one, but the match-winning goal at Fulham late on, the match-winning assist against Manchester City late on off the bench, and this today at 18 is brilliant. And there's no point making comparisons to teenage sensations of times gone past. I have said this actually the other day. I watched the uh, just a one-match compilation. I think it was of or it was just kind of Ronaldo's highlights at 18, possibly against Arsenal, and just thought, wow, I mean, it really was another level. So any comparison along along those lines are are silly and and inaccurate, but this is brilliant and he's doing doing well. And Ten Hag, and I think the crucial thing is, we saw Ten Hag and Bruno Fernandes and David De Gea either explicitly or uh, implying some criticism of him over pre-season and the summer, if Ten Hag comes away from Wednesday and is happy with him and his attitude and his application, then I'm I'm not going to be the one to have any problems at all. i would be fully trusting in that. So I think that's the key thing, and and all the other conversation is 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 pointless. I've just seen another good stat that United won 20 matches in the entire of last season, and we've now won 21 of our recent 27 games since the defeat in the derby on the 2nd of October. It's just, wow. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you don't necessarily need that stat to explain how much better we are this season, how much more we're enjoying life, but it is, uh, it, that is pretty extraordinary. Should we talk a bit more about the details of, of the rest of the game after the first guest of player clue? Probably my final overall big picture positive point. We're in four competitions. We started without our four summer signings. Molassi did, of course, but our four kind of crucial summer signings, Casemiro, Oaks Anthony and Martinez. Some through suspension injury, uh, others to through a tactical choice, and we've won that game. To have to, to keep getting these results when the the performances are not so good and the, and the starting eleven is clearly of a lesser quality. It's not our first choice. Is, is great, isn't it? And uh, what once you are done with your response on that, I'll have your first guess of player clue, please.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, depth is is still an issue for United, but I think
1: massively, yeah.
0: But despite that, it's a good feeling knowing that even when we have a weakened team, and you'd probably say, like you said, the four main summer signings weren't here. And, you know, with Martial out as well, there was probably five players at least in that team that you'd say were either out of position or aren't first choice. And it wasn't our best performance, but. The I think because of Ten Hag and this is a, a, just the biggest part of what he's done at United. You have faith that even with a weakened team, United can put in good performances and, and pick up points. And I think that's a credit to him and also a credit to the, these players that even those that aren't starting all the time, they are coming in and giving us good level performances and that shows in the amount of impact we've had from subs off the bench and it will allow us to rotate a little bit.
1: And that's not just a mood thing and a confidence thing that's also how clear the responsibilities are I think.
0: Yeah and it it comes back to that point that we were making earlier about the subs and playing players on, on paper out of position but Ten Hag just has clearer expectations and clearer standards of what he wants and what he demands from every position and obviously no two players are going to be exactly the same but when those roles and expectations are clear it's much easier for players to come in and, and impact the game positively because they know what they're expected to be doing in that, in that role. And I think you know, that can only be a positive for United. You know, A few players have been able to get a little bit of rest. Casemiro being out is frustrating, but we'll come back fresh now for the two Barcelona games. Sandro Martinez will get a rest at least in midweek also, from the two Barcelona games.
1: We also got asked a question by a patron, I think. In our most recent episode, about whether if United could get through these two games against Leeds and Leicester with good results, not necessarily all three wins, but good results, would this strengthen the, the squad? And I think it does because it, it it widens the belief in the team when you can get a win away at Ellen Road without Casemiro.
0: Yeah, 100%.
1: 100%. Give me a guess of player.
0: All right. So, first guess of player clue I have won league titles alongside players including Paul Skulls. Romelu Lukaku and
1: Victor
0: Moses. Oh. So there again, I've won league titles alongside players including Paul Scholes, Romelu Lukaku and Victor Moses.
1: Very interesting. So has the player have to play, played for Man United and Chelsea? I'm not going to go for a guess immediately because that would be silly. Yeah. But interesting. Okay. I'll let that fester in my head. Let's talk at the starting lineup. up Road. Interesting, wasn't it? The exact reasons for it still not completely clear. I think post-match you can probably what what it seemed to be. It, it's possible he Ten Hag wanted Shaw to get a, a warm up at left centre back for Barcelona on Thursday because we expect he'll play there. Lissandro Martinez is suspended due to picking up two yellow cards in the group stages. But I think tactically it seemed to be to allow Malasia, whose scrappiness is great in these games, and we can talk more about him in a second, to get inside and, and give the dodgy midfield of Fred and Sabitza some more support. And then Shaw played at centre-back to support him in those wide areas and to make that kind of him being able to fluidly swap between the left-back and centre-back areas very easy. And then Maguire was there to defend crosses, of which there were loads. So that was a sensible decision. Loads and loads of crosses and free kicks, which you probably knew knew because of the the type of game it is. It it makes sense and it it did its job, didn't it?
0: It did. It, it, I thought it worked better. not entirely
1: comfortably. Yeah, but I, it did I, it. I
0: think it worked better defensively than it did on the ball. Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah, I, Maguire's passing was, was you know, so sloppy.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but like you like you mentioned, I think with all those players, there were there were there was rationale behind the decision. As shocking as it was to see the lineup before the game, I think to be honest, I think part of the shock was because. Martinez isn't playing against Barcelona on Thursday. I think it it was so shocking to see him not playing this one because everyone was sort of expected him to play no matter what yeah. because he's not going to play in midweek. Obviously, it does sort of make sense to give Shaw a run out at centre-back in, in anticipation of, of uh, Thursday's game against Barca, but that, that was still a bit of a shock. I think the Maguire one made a bit more sense you know, like you said, it was, it was always going to be a game where physicality was important. We were going to be bombarded by a good amount of crosses and long balls and, and Maguire did excellently at that, actually. I thought in defense he was very, very good. He won so many headed headed balls, so many clearances, and a couple of times made up for his own mistakes quite well, in fairness. Melassia, like like you mentioned, the, the scrappiness, the intensity he brings is useful in these games. And so defensively, I think it did kind of work. I thought Leeds I, I also they, I
1: also thought Melassia was great on the ball. Under pressure, I thought he's really yeah. good, and he stopped Somerville. Somerville got past him once, maybe twice, but defensively it was good. But obviously, Shaw is great under pressure. We know that. But Malassia, I think, is 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 really showing that ability where uh, uh, quite a few times he'll do he'll lose the ball, but he'll regain possession within ten seconds. And, so.
0: and that's that scrappy nature that thinking games like this is exactly what you need. I, I thought Melasi was. Was good on the ball in his sort of more traditional fullback role. I thought when he came inside, it was a bit trickier just because there wasn't, and that, to be honest, that wasn't for him. It was just because United, there wasn't any kind of structure to United's play. We were trying to build from the back. And so he was very often receiving the ball in pretty horrendous situations with, you know, three Leeds players immediately on him. So I, I thought the changes, they worked defensively. Leeds, you know, they had a couple of half chances, but nothing major really other than that one in the first half with De Gea kind of saved it onto Maguire's like, side but so defensively I thought it worked in in possession it was a lot more of a struggle and you could tell the second Martinez came on we looked so much better trying to play through Leeds and over the yeah. top of Leeds a couple of brilliant long balls one to Bruno one to Rashford that was the, the range of passes was, that we were just missing and to be fair the way that Leeds set up was the same in both games with the three I think it was Harrison in the first game it was Harrison Bamford and Nonto who, I mean, they basically just set up in a very simple kind of line and United were just unable to play through it. Sabitza and Fred were kind of often kind of standing behind their men, not really offering too much. We, we sort of had like a three one six kind of set up there with Dallo, Varane and Martinez yeah. at the back and then Shaw would push on a little bit more and Fred and Sabitza just weren't offering. And it was the same really in this one. We just didn't have that ability to play through. We didn't adjust well enough to that. But then when Martinez came on this time you know, immediately a couple of long balls got us out way better. It's a couple of
1: things, isn't it? It's you're missing Casemiro who you have complete, A, A, he manages to find space in that midfield and he's comfortable dropping back and going forward and whatever. But you also have complete faith that he'll receive the ball and, and to be fair, he does lose the ball sometimes so it's not like a, not as if he's completely infallible, but you have faith that in general, he's going to take the ball and and do something with it and not, not lose possession, which you don't have with Fred. I don't think, I I mean, I know (laughs) at least I don't. The other thing is on Wednesday, they let Varane have the ball. They didn't let Martinez have it. As soon as it went to Martinez, they'd put a little bit more pressure on, not, not loads, but a little bit more than Varane. And the same was true on Sunday. Maguire was allowed to have the ball and it's, it's a small gap in quality between Maguire, Varane, and Martinez in terms of ball playing because we know we've praised Maguire in the past for his ability to, to find those passes. But at this level, that tiny gap is enough that Martinez has a much greater effect and impact on the game. And you're right, within a minute of him coming on, there was that great pinged ball across to Bruno. That chance eventually ended in Dallow hitting the crossbar with that great, sweetly struck ball, but not quite uh, dipping enough. And then 10 minutes later, there was a, that, yeah, as you said, that uh, little inventive pass over the top of Ailing to Rashford, which ended up in, uh, it was cleared off Garnatra for a goal kick in the end, but it was a, another chance created out, nothing by Martinez. And and that's the step up. And that's why I do think the, the interesting kind of lineup in defence worked, did its job, but United were much better and the game was... We had much more control once Martinez came on, not necessarily because of his defensive qualities, but because of that quality on the ball. So perhaps the game would have been even better for us if he started. If he'd started, I'm not sure. But in the end, it's okay. Um,
0: but, but and as everything as well, it's it's never just one thing. Yeah. You know, yeah, Martinez came on and, and offered us a lot, but that was also after we'd already made the changes up front. So you know, that long ball he plays to Rashford over the top, yeah. that isn't on when Vedcours is playing up front. You know, it t- it's never just one thing. It takes a multitude of changes to have an, an impact at sort of both ends of the pitch. And so I, I don't want to say that it was, you know, just the defence's fault or anything like that. It was, you know, I just were, we, we played into Leeds' hands because we we were allowing them and playing into their hands and making the, the the game so compact and so tight. And then when we changed things, we both both had the range of passing at the back and the runners up front to stretch the game more. And that's when it started to open up for us.
1: I think the key thing at the moment is that we're, you're getting so much more value out of these players, not just in terms of their quality, but because the responsibilities are clearer and the confidence is high in their play playing well, but also that this must be a tactical thing in training and that their their level of kind of tactical understanding is increasing, you're getting so much more value because almost every player in this team can play in multiple positions now. And that that's not always, that that doesn't necessarily always mean a good thing because you can have players play in a couple of positions and be poor. But there is this confidence at the moment that yes, the squad hasn't got the depth, but in terms of at the moment, it, it's kind of about putting fires out. And hopefully that won't be the case a year down the line or 18 months down the line. But Ten Hag is getting the absolute maximum in terms of using the, giving these players flexibility so that Rashford is, is performing in two positions and Molasse is performing in it, it, kind of two positions. Cause sometimes he's playing that more traditional left back and sometimes inverted. Sure. Obviously Martinez, it, it's all over. So it's great. In terms of the Wednesday match, what, how many differences did you see between the games? Cause I thought United were poor in both. The first one we were poor in terms of our. We were just we were just shocked at the start of both halves, which was really poor. And you is is well, it's not unforgivable if you make things better and make amends, but it's really poor. Whereas this one, we were just patient. I, th- I still think we are poor, but better.
0: I, I felt like the first game, the bad parts of it were a lot more down to ourselves, and I thought the yeah, second yeah. was the difficulty was a lot more just because of the way Leeds played and and the occasion and and just the fact that it's an away game it, it does change things. In the first game, I mean it reminded me a hell of a lot of the away game of Brentford the 4-0 because the issues we had it was straight out of that exact same kind of copybook. A team they weren't pressing us incredibly high but high enough that you know we had difficulty like you mentioned they were allowing Varane to have the ball in acres of space kind of knowing that he wasn't going to have the the ability to break them down. I mentioned that Lee's basically just set up with that three that would kind of stand in a line whenever we had the ball in defence. And I mean, it, it's not particularly inventive or innovative tactics, but we just weren't able to figure out how to play how to play through it. And you know, the first goal comes from Fernandes losing the ball when we basically kept the ball for the first fifty seconds of the game, just passing it around the back, could not get anywhere, and then Bruno tries to come deep and pull out a little bit wider to get the ball and ends up losing it. You know, that really was, I think, the biggest thing that United just weren't able to do. We weren't ever able to progress the ball with any kind of regularity. And then as Fred and Sobizzo, neither of whom obviously are sort of traditional number sixes, they were trying to push up the p- push up the pitch as they normally do. Every time we lost the ball, which was very often, Leeds had, you know, a great opportunity in transition. So I felt like the, the issues in the first game were a lot more... Of our own making, you know. Eventually, in the second half, Sancho came on. We we, will get to him in a second. Um, But you know, I think the first game, I'm a lot more critical of the way United performed because I felt like that game was there for us to win, and we didn't respond properly enough. We put ourselves in a hole that we eventually did okay to dig ourselves out of. Whereas I think the away game, it was always going to be that kind of affair, and we did okay to kind of. I thought the midfield
1: in in both games, Fred and Subic it, it re- resembles exactly what it is, which is an emergency midfield yep. pairing. Um, both players will look much and better. It, and it was better to suited
0: to, to the away game. Yeah. Just because it was a much more kind of helter-skelter type of game in the first uh, at Old Trafford when we needed a bit more control and we needed a bit more composure on the ball. It, it looked a lot worse. Yeah,
1: Sancho was brilliant. Eight shot creating actions in 32 minutes which is more than anyone on wow. um, the pitch for the entire 90 minutes, apart from Fernandez, who got 11. He created a shot every four minutes. Um, <laughs> he just, he just came on and thought, yeah, right, I'm going for it. And it was great. And And he scored and the celebrations were, it's funny, two of my favorite celebrations this season come in draws or defeats. The Lissandra Martinez goal at the Emirates was oh, just so good. So good and it, it it was such a shame that it didn't and we didn't end up getting a result to really save that moment because it it was just brilliant scenes and the celebration of Sancho's goal the the goodwill that's been that everyone is feeling towards him i'm sure watching at home as well as in the stadium is is just enormous and He's clearly again. He's just soaking it all in, and you can tell he's just absolutely loving it. And and we mentioned this when he first came on for his first few minutes back. The smile he had when he was coming on the pitch with Ten Hag, and I mentioned then that he'd done a full lap around the stadium more than any other player, properly going over towards the farest bit away from the tunnel, and then all the way around. He's still doing that, and did it after the Leeds game. And he's clearly just really soaking it all in. But in terms of quality, not just sentiment, brilliant.
0: I was I was so happy for him. So- that performance when he came on was exactly the the Jaden Sancho that we thought we yeah. were signing from Dortmund and that we've wanted to see for quite a while. And it, and to be fair, I don't want to act like we've never seen it because it has happened in spurts. But that was, I think, by far and away the most sort of consistently influential that we've seen him at any time in a United shirt. And it was it was bringing his quite different skill set I think to a lot of the other wingers that we have in our squad to the fore because. You know, a lot of our other wingers, especially Rashford and, and Garnacho, you know, it's everything is extremely dynamic. It's about beating a man, going beyond, making runs in behind. S- Sancho isn't that kind of winger, really. He's someone that wants the ball to feet a lot more. And his his ability to create is different to other players because it's it's a lot more... He's, he's much more of what I would call a facilitator of a player rather than someone that's going to yeah. create things on it by himself. And you saw that the amount of kind of overlaps and underlaps that United were putting on that left-hand side with Sancho he played a couple of beautiful balls one into Rashford when Rashford cut it back then into Fred for a shot Rashford made a good kind of underlapping run Sancho drew, draws like three or four players to him because he's the way he dribbles he keeps the ball so close to his, to his toe and it, it kind of gives the defenders because he's not moving that far Sancho isn't the quickest defenders think they can come in and nick, nick the ball away but yeah. so many times he draws draw you know three Is or four of these uh... players to him and then play, play a pass someone else yeah it was brilliant
1: it's that Matador thing I mentioned with Rashford. It's something that Paul McGuinness, who used to be, was United's under-18s manager for a long time and uh, has had youth development roles at the FA and then Leicester City. Son of Wilf McGuinness, and he's only stepped back from kind of active football roles at the moment to look after his dad, who's sadly got the dementia and is quite ill. But his insights, and I, one of my highly recommended followers on, on Twitter, Paul McGuinness, because his insights are so specific as a coach uh, they're fascinating and one of the ones he talks about with Rashford but uh, a few other wingers as well is that kind of matador complex where you you flap uh, uh, over the the red piece of cloth and bring him in and then jump over the challenge and and hop away or receive the foul and, and yeah Sancho has that it's he's got an amazing level of ball control that I don't know how to describe it it's that the ball just seems to travel at kind of a strange speed off his foot it's almost slowed down because there's so many touches and he he, he changes and moulds the speed so much it's it's not not just brilliant to watch but interesting is there anything else that we forgot there's loads to talk about in these two games but is there anything crucial we've forgotten about before we move on well
0: not so much about the games but just something that happened kind of big picture De Gea two things firstly the youngest goalkeeper in Premier League history to make 400 yeah. league appearances He's almost a year younger than Shea Given, and then also equals Peter Schmeichel's record for most clean sheets by yeah. uh, a United goalkeeper. Yeah,
1: great moment for him. Rashford's we we mentioned Rashford's goal, but and we mentioned the fact it was headers, and and in fact it fact it was something I was talking about, thinking about when when we were talking about Sancho there. The fact that Sancho could come on against Leeds in the uh, in the home game, and the fact Garnacho could come on against Leeds in the away game, both at the, on the left wing, is shows exactly how important Rashford's ability to really conquer that centre forward position, not all the time because he, he shouldn't be starting yeah. every game up there, but the fact you can put him there it completely changes your options off the bench because you can bring Sancho and Garnacho on in, in what is their better positions on the left wing and it, it's it's about a wider point, the fact Rashford's heading has now got him three goals this season he's he's a different beast he's just, he's becoming more and more complete forward and if if this going wrong he keeps going. Jesus. <laughs> what a player we have.
0: Oh, and we also didn't really mention the the header against Leeds at Old Trafford. I mean, the header oh, that in, was the, in better, the away yeah. game was a great header. But the first one, that was an unbelievable header. I, yeah. When I saw that cross coming in, I was convinced he was never going to get there. It was too high for him. I don't know how yeah. he, A, managed to reach it and B, managed to direct it so well.
1: Yeah, Brilliant. Good note to end on. Let's have guess the player clue two, and then we'll go to a youth loan and United women roundup.
0: All right. So clue number two is, I made my United debut in the same game as David De Gea made his debut. All told, I played for six different United managers during my eight and a half year spell at the club.
1: Six. Wow. Okay. So he made his, I know De Gea's debut is the community shield against City. Uh, the 3-2 where quite a few players I think Smalling and Phil Jones made their debuts as well and you said earlier that he'd this player won league titles with Paul Scholes which would have been in 2013 if his debut was in the Community Shield and Romelu Lukaku
0: Lukaku and Victor Moses
1: or I thought would have been at Chelsea but now Victor Moses and Lukaku would have been at Inter Milan so I'm going to go with Ashley Young. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, thought, I thought the uh, <laughs> Lukaku and Moses might throw you have thrown you me a off.
1: Bit. Yeah, I, I hadn't even crossed my mind. I, <laughs> I focused too much on Lukaku and not enough on, on Victor. Moses. In fact, no, I think I focused too much on Victor Moses and not enough on Lukaku.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I know. I thought it was uh, that might be one to kind of throw you off a little bit. And then the, the final clue, the reason this was in my head was because we're recording about an hour after United just beat Leeds so the final clue was: I'm currently playing against Man City. Ah, okay,
1: <laughs> yeah, City absolutely romping to victory against Aston Villa as well. Yeah, did you see the? I was actually,
0: well, I was thinking though, as I as uh was making these clues, Ashley Young's got to be maybe along with Milner, one of the longest-serving Premier League players. Yeah, current like currently one of the, still,
1: uh, but also just one of the great Premier League kind of stalwarts. For two clubs, he what he made yeah. at least two hundred and fifty appearances for United, I'd say, and I don't know how many for Aston Villa, but you'd think at least the same. So he he should have, I would guess, four hundred, five hundred Premier League appearances. Don't know if you can check that that quickly. Yeah, I think, well,
0: in in the league, he made like a hundred and I think it was about one hundred ninety. In the, just just in the league and then his first spell at Villa is about 150 so he's probably then made another 30 or 40 in this spell with Villa as well so yeah probably about four, 450 did he ever play were, were all of his appearances with Watford in the he championship
1: he did he played did he, he made 20 appearances there? for Watford in the Premier League and the rest in the championship right. so in total he's played more than 500 times in the football league wow but or maybe just under 500 because a couple, a few of them were in Syria, obviously. So yeah. Let me
0: have a look. Well, I, yeah. I want Conclusion. to have a look while we're while we're talking about this. Uh, when James Milner's senior debut was? Because Ashley Young's was 2003. Milner's was 02.
1: Was it 02? I was going to go even earlier. I was going to go even earlier. So yeah, 21 yeah. years. and well, I can't think of anyone so else. So those two have long. got
0: must be in the yeah currently in the prem. Got to be up up there.
1: Yeah, if Milner's is 21 yeah. years. When was Ashley Young's debut? Do you say 2003? Yeah. Yeah. For what? Yeah. So Garnatch wasn't born. <laughs> yeah ridiculous. So on that subject let's do our, our Youth load and Women Roundup starting with a 16 year old left winger Victor Musa. He's represented England and the country of his birth Spain at under 16 level he's also eligible for Nigeria's national team. He's in great form made his debut in the first game of the season for the under, under 18s. He's been at United for a couple of years now played in both FA Youth Cup matches and he's been playing well but he's only just found the goals. He scored his first goal in late January the 3-3 draw with Wolves but now has four goals in his last three games scoring two as United beat Newcastle 3-0 on Saturday James Nolan finished well shortly after the interval and then Moose had got a brace the first a really good strike from the centre of the edge of the area and the second a similar area on the pitch after really good team pressing on Newcastle's defence very good win for United and uh, that makes it one win and two draws in the in the last three games but those results will, will be very satisfying for the coaching staff as Travis Binion said after because the team is getting younger every week but they're playing well the average age United starting lineup has been below 17 in all of the last three fixtures so 16.5 against Wolves 16.9 against Derby and 16.7 against Newcastle in all three games the opposition side has been almost a year older on average which is it's uh, I think there were eight under-16s in the under-18 squad today or, or wow. on Saturday, sorry, which is, yeah, it's, it, it's for a variety of reasons, injuries, people get promoted to the under 21s, whatever, but it's, it, it's an interesting one for development and it, at the moment it's, it's good and they're, they're doing, they're doing well. As for the under-21s, also a brilliant win for them. For starters, though, Joe Hugel has been named Premier League Two's player of the month for January, scored five goals in four fixtures, all of which United won. And the importance of those goals was definitely a significant factor in in getting that award. Scored the winner away at Fulham, two match-winning doubles against Liverpool and in a comeback victory against West Ham away from home as well. Uh, the other under-21s news before a report on that game is that Kobe Minos, still 17, signed a new long-term contract at United after getting his first two senior appearances in the Carabao Cup and FA Cup uh, he's obviously been on his sub in loads of Premier League games and yeah it's it's great he's committed his his future to what is his, his boyhood club been here for many many years and a great talent and be exciting to see how Ten Hag moulds him into United's midfield the under-21s game itself 4-1 against Everton very good result. Hugo scored United's first, converting a Matteo Mejia cross. Amari Forson doubled the lead after 33 minutes with a great strike from the left of the area. Everton got one back, but Forson completed a hat-trick with two more after half-time. The 77th minute, a great strike again and the 94th minute, a penalty. Um, that second one, yeah, really good finish into powerful finish into the top right corner. Jack, the, the key low news of the week is, is Hannibal, isn't it? His first senior goal for Birmingham well first senior goal at all but he scored a very good clever goal for Birmingham
0: yeah really good I mean it was it got a lot of attention actually because it was a Friday night game derby in the championship between Birmingham and, and West Brom West Midlands derby yeah Hannibal scored a, a really clever free kick and then also set up the second goal for Christian Bielik too a brilliant night out for, for Hannibal I think you know, he'd, he'd had a, a, a little bit of struggles around the mm. sort of Jan, around January and just after the Christmas period. But he's come back in the last couple of games and, and really started to find his feet again. So hopefully that can continue. He wasn't the only one to put in some good performances as well. It's a real mixed bag for United's low knees this week. The other big positive news was Shola Shoretire. He started and played just over an hour for Bolton mm. as they thrashed Peterborough 5-0. But Shoretire was excellent. Ended up winning the man of the match for his performance. He didn't score, but he did win two penalties. The Bolton. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's yeah. he's
1: I, I've, I know a Bolton fan who is just raving about him because they've had a few good loanees recently. They've got uh, James Trafford, who's from City in, in goal and Liverpool's Con or something. He's gone out of my head, his name. But so they've, they've had a few good loanees. The, the verdict is... Yeah, like am sure can play and he's going to have a future in some role. And it's great for him because this is, bit, I think I said at the time when he moved, this has been quite a long time coming. He's only 18 still, but there was a sense of when's, where's the next step and this is it. And he's, he's really taken the opportunity.
0: I mean, it's, it's massively important for him just because playing in his position is probably the toughest route you're ever going to get into the first team at United with so many players. that can play... Out wide or up front, you got know, to be
1: useful if uh, it is a little bit difficult. Bruno's twenty eight. Be useful if Shota takes over in four years or three years.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean that that's the goal, and it's it's important for him to get this kind of experience to out of senior football when his opportunities at United at the moment are going to be quite limited. So yeah, big kind of end of the season for him, but he, he started really well. The other loan news there was not so great for the rest of United's loanies Ethan Led. Did play for QPR, but didn't have his best game. The whole team didn't have a great game, in fairness, as they lost 2 1 to Millwall. And it was a similar story for Alvaro Fernandez as well in the championship. He came on for the final 20 minutes for Preston, but they got beat 3 0 by table topping Burnley. Fernandez's minutes still kind of remained to uh, be cut into by Robbie Brady's kind of struggle to get into the, the starting lineup for the last month or so. So something to keep an eye on for him. Then, Further down the, the football league, Charlie McNeil played 65 minutes for Newport. It wasn't his best game. didn't get a whole lot of service. Um, they played against Barrow. Barrow ended up having a, a man sent off after McNeil came off after 65 minutes. And then Newport scored a 95th minute winner. So it ended up working out well, but not not kind of the most involvement for, for McNeil. And then Charlie Savage was not involved for Forest Green.
1: Interesting. The only other thing I forgot to mention with the youth is that two of those under 16s in fact, they might have even been under 15s One of them in the under eighteen squad made their debut. Seku Kaba and Daniel Armour both made their under 18s debuts at a very young age against Newcastle. As for United Women, back to the top of the Women's Super League with a two-one win away at Tottenham Hotspur in their in the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. This game was postponed from uh, early September. Uh, was was meant to be the opening game of the WSL and was postponed until now. Uh, there's a good crowd there, just trying to find out exactly how many, but the attendance figure's not coming up. But it, it was quite a. it was it looked like it could have been one of those frustrating days. United took the lead with a bit of quality. Not not like a real quality goal, but just a good finish on the pounce after uh, on a batier cross and then Leah Golton controlled it well when it was a bit scrappy and, and brought it down and managed to finish to go ahead Tottenham did equalise pretty soon after through Bethany England but United won it late with a bar trip on goal Elatum was then sent off but held out for the win and yeah United back at the top of the WSL have played one more game than Chelsea who they are in front of by one point, but also one more game than Arsenal, who are now trailing by six points. So yeah, good weekend for United women as well. Good weekend all round. All four teams winning, which is great. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly
0: beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
1: No, Lucky
0: Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
1: Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Barcelona. Full steam ahead. It's, 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 I'm, I'm so caught up in, in the buzz after the Leeds game that all I can think of was I'm just excited for this game and I can't wait to go. The, the more realistic. Uh, thing should be. We've only won at the new Camp once, very famously, of course. But we've never beaten Barcelona there. It's going to be such a hard game, isn't it?
0: It is. It is. I, I was messaging a friend a few days ago and pointed out that arguably three of the best teams in Europe currently are are in the Europa League: in Arsenal, Barcelona, and and United. It's it's kind of a weird yeah. a weird kind of quirk of how things have worked out. But you know, Barcelona have. Playing very well. I think they've got what, like an eight or ten point lead or something in in that league at the moment. Eight
1: points, yeah, above Real Madrid.
0: So it it is gonna be really tough. I think for United, you've got to hope to come away from the new camp still firmly in the tie. It is the number one priority. You know, don't if we're gonna lose, don't lose by anything more than a goal. Leave yourself in
1: it. Nil nil's the kind of best you can hope for. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, there's still no There's still still no away goals, are there now? No. They they have permanently taken them away. So, yeah. yeah, you know, any kind of draw I think would United would absolutely take. I was going to say that I'd back us to beat anyone at home, but then I remembered that I said that before the Leeds game, yeah. and then we ended up drawing. But, you know, I think United, you've got to back ourselves to... At some point, we're obviously going to have to take the game to Barcelona and you'd much rather have confidence doing that for United at home. So... I think the away tie will be trying to keep things tight, hit them on, on the break. I think Rashford is going to be, as always, absolutely key. And so I think it will be interesting to see exactly how we how we approach things.
1: There, uh, there's an interesting decision to make there with Veghorst too, I think is more important in those away games when you need to hold the ball up. But his hold-up play has been underwhelming in these two games against Leeds. Just the the, the pass eventually to Garnacho was great, but he'd frothed that pass probably three or four times already in the game. It, the quality just wasn't there. Not good enough to sacrifice kind of your alternative option. But for this game, I don't know what that alternative option is. So that's an interesting selection point. You'd expect Shaw at left centre-back given Martinez's suspension, Malassia at left-back then. Dalo Amp, but wan is another interesting one. There's, there's all sorts of these, which is a good thing because it shows that we have quite a few players in good form. Marcel Sabitzer's actually suspended for this one, which I don't think people, many people have realised yet because he's got a suspension hanging over from the Champions League with Bayern Munich. So you'd expect it to be Casemiro and Fred. A lot of the other team picks itself, but it's, yeah, it's very interesting. Barcelona play Villarreal tonight. We're recording on Sunday afternoon. They play away from home at Villarreal at 8pm. Uh, so they have a tiny bit less rest than us, but they don't have to travel. And uh, they're definitely unbeaten since they came back from the World Cup. I think they've drawn one game and won the rest. They are in properly good form. The defence is solid. Yeah, it's just going to be. I haven't watched enough of them to know how to break them down, but it's going to be really tough. And Casemiro is going to be crucial. The Frankie De Jong derby yeah. in midfield. <laughs> yeah. In terms of in terms of the event, it's great, isn't it? And I'm I'm travelling via Madrid on Tuesday evening. Arrive in Barcelona Wednesday lunch. If anyone else is going to be there, let me know. We'll meet for a drink. It's going to be four and a half thousand Reds in Plaza Catalunya mainly, and various other parts of Barcelona. It's a terrible away at the new Camp, but it's a privilege to go to stadiums like that. And yeah, long live the Europa League. We won't be in it for long, given our league position at the moment, which is something we didn't mention. Less important is how far we're off sitting. Arsenal, more important is that we're now five clear of Newcastle. They do have a game in hand, but five clear, seven clear of Tottenham is, is massive.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, huge. I mean, I think for United now, the fact that we have that buffer, it kind of opens up things like the Europa League to you know, we're able to kind of go at it a little bit more than we have would otherwise. Well, and maybe the title. I mean- I'm only joking. If Man City can beat Arsenal on Wednesday- Oh,
1: you want to draw, surely?
0: Well, Arsenal still have a game in hand. So even if they draw, like they have two games in hand on us now. So even if they draw and then Arsenal win, I think Arsenal would still end up further ahead. So I think we'd, we'd rather City peg them back.
1: Interesting. But I, I feel like City are about to gain serious amounts of momentum and go on their late season charge. Yeah, I think Pe- Pep is very cleverly, and uh, I mean, selling himself to do so, but very cleverly using the investigation as a way to whip up kind of an us against them mentality. And I, I think it will probably work.
0: Yeah, maybe. I. But we'll see. It's funny. I just don't have the same faith that I've had in City in other seasons. They, they just haven't. They haven't looked themselves recently. But you're right. Maybe this kind of siege mentality that he's he's creating is is going to be what they need. Also on the um. On the Barcelona game, sort of a weird, like, quirk of of football history, really, that, you know, two of the best teams historically in in European football have played each other so few times. I think it's only,
1: is it 10 games? And yet, and those games have been, that sounds about right, those games have included some of, like, the great European games of all time. In terms, not, not the 2008's two semi final legs were hardly entertaining, but for us, they had an incredible moment with Paul Skulls' goal and then we went on to win it. Then you've got the 2009, 2011 finals, regardless of what happens, Champions League finals are always massive. You've got 84 when Robson brought United back into a, a, apparently the noisiest game in Old Trafford history. <laughs> 2008 is nine, the, the two. Games people speak about. There's a couple of others, but uh, 1984 against Barcelona and 2008 against Barcelona uh, is is what people of different generations say are the loudest they've heard Old Trafford. If if we lose one 0 and then score early on well, in and, the, in the second leg in the Europa League, well, and there's you'll also see the the,
0: the two three three draws as well in the group stage in 98 99. Incredible. Right. It was it's actually 13 games. Yeah. Um, I I was only looking at Champions League games, but there's some in the. Cup winner's cup. I know, I'm sorry. Yeah, back. I
1: forgot. I forgot 1991 in Rotterdam. It's the, yeah. the level of, of quality of these games. I think 94 and 98 were group stage, but the rest of them are kind of like the peak of European football, apart from 2019, which was uh, less enjoyable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just funny, isn't yeah. it, that these two teams have so often been, you know, how many times, probably for the first, until Ferguson left, like every single year of the the Champions League that we both would have been in it. Yeah. It's just, it's funny that we've played each other so few times. Similar to, to Real Madrid, actually. We've also only played Madrid, I think. You're, it's about the, about the same. they are giving
1: a real advert for the European Super League here. I'm being concerned. <laughs> <laughs> it's, what, what's also amazing, I'm going to redo the two lineups very quickly from the second leg of the quarterfinal in 2019, is how much these two teams have changed. So Barcelona's with Ter, Ter Stegen, Sergio Roberto, P.K. Clement, Longley, Jordi Alba, Ivan Rakitic, Busquets, Arthur, Messi, Suarez, Coutinho. From memory, Ter Stegen is of course still playing. Busquets is, and I think I that's think Jordi
0: it. Alba might still be as well.
1: Right, yeah. And then United's team: De Gea, Lindelof, Smalling, Jones, Young, McTominay, Fred, Pogba, Lingard, Rashford, Martial. So there's three left over in De Gea, Fred, and Rashford in terms of starters McTominay and Jones even and Lindelof of course still at the club and Martial but in terms of starters three left it's it, the, the turnover in 3 or 4 years is massive for both teams and it, it needed to be to be fair so it's going to be fascinating i uh, it's going to be again it's going to be another horrible game to watch but a very exciting one yeah not
0: one. not a game i'm a, a game i'm massively looking forward to in terms of like the occasion and just watching man united play against this kind of caliber of team I think a game that I'll probably hate watching for probably 85 of the 90 minutes.
1: Yeah. Also an important reminder, the game is at 545 UK time, 645 European time. It's not a eight o'clock kickoff. I just fear there'll be some people who come home from work a little bit late and don't realize the time it kicks off at. It's an early Europa League kickoff. So do bear that in mind. Let's wrap up. It's a, it's a lovely feeling recording after the win at Ellen Road for more throughout the week. uh, Pictures of me in what I'm desperately hoping will be sunny Spain uh, you can find me on Twitter at Harry Robinson 64 you can find Jack on Twitter at
0: at UTDTait T-A-I-T
1: and you can find the podcast at UTD Weekly Pod that's P-O-D at the end there thank you very much for listening full steam ahead Barcelona have a great week goodbye